Good to go. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah, good to go. Three Back. seconds in. Three seconds in. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to today's episode. We're going to be talking about coffee, but mm-hmm. first we wanted to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And please make sure to, you know, subscribe, make a comment, mm-hmm. give us some feedback, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah. We always get back sure. to the people that get to us. <laughs> Every single <laughs> the one time there's no comment. <laughs> I, there were some, there were some comments at one yeah, point. Yeah, just literally a word that does not make any sense by this Korean uh, little kid, little Korean kid. Heek. I think that's supposed to be laughing, but I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're a big I, hit with the kids. I was born and raised in Korea, and I did not understand what it was saying, or rather wrote down. But I don't think it is any hostile at least. So I, I think it's all good. I think he's our lookout. One of our forty-seven subscribers, <laughs> probably one of our biggest fans. Uh, yeah, he probably can't even speak English. Doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Well, these guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> but on the topic of coffee, we right. actually just released our first first batch. Yeah, yeah. It's called uh, the Theory of Living Coffee. Um, you know. Uh, how much did we produce? <laughs> we did 400 pounds, right? 400 so pounds. Okay. It's about 528 right. bags worth of coffee at 12 ounces a All bag. Right. So we've got that on Amazon. and mm-hmm. It's it's our first test run. So yeah. we want to do a more robust <clears throat> blend next mm-hmm. time and you know work with the people that are producing right. the beans, the roasting. We use yeah. the middleman here. So mm-hmm. there was an involved process, yeah. but it wasn't like we were – going to the farm yeah. you know looking through the beans talking to the actual yeah. farmer which is something we mentioned many episodes ago that we mm-hmm. have an interest doing with particularly hawaii because we were just right. so blown away by their beans and the roasting it's like yeah totally there hasn't been anything unique. like this so far uh honestly to me at least i mean mm-hmm. i don't know about you but i've uh, we've tried a lot of different beans you know even in thailand i mean we're very impressed by the quality here the baseline quality is very high when it comes to coffee not just the beans but how they make it you know um very um you know a lot of care goes into it i was i was very impressed you know because again we kind of avoid uh uh, avoid to use the word third world country it's a developing country i mean in comparison right but the co- quality of coffee was um, was not something I was expecting for sure from this yeah, country. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, me yeah. either. Yeah. I, which is strange because the last time I was here, you know, it was 2017. And I drank coffee at that point, mm-hmm. but I guess I didn't have as much of a defined palate at that point. So I didn't really yeah. even think anything about the coffee. To me, coffee was just coffee. But now, right. having a much more deeper love and passion <clears> for it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very easy to tell when you have a good cup of coffee. Yeah, and like you said, most places here, even though mm-hmm. you'd be shocked to think you're going to get a good cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you end up pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but I think what you were talking about with the the Hawaiian coffee, it's almost unique in the way that mm-hmm. <sighs> kind of like an IPA of coffees. Right. There was like floral notes and very very minor acidity, mm-hmm. not a lot of bitterness, and it was just pretty refreshing to get that in a cup of coffee because yeah i I think for most people drinking coffee is like drinking this horribly bitter Mm -hmm. 
kind of nasty right. sludge. Yeah. And that was just not the experience when you have yeah. a different bean, specifically the Hawaiian ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they use, um, you know, heavily sugar, cream, milk, all this. Um, even espresso is more acidic, but it doesn't have to have the bitterness or unpleasant flavors. Mm-hmm. I mean, espresso can be strong, but very tasteful at the same time, enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the difference, right? That That's where we draw a line between shitty coffee and a good coffee, quality coffee, you know? Yeah. Um, and surprisingly this whole scene uh the coffee scene that we are very familiar with today has been only like a century or so um yeah that's really interesting to think about because like we're from america i mean i'm from originally korea i remember my um like it was all after the war man um the introduction of spam uh, the American cultures and chocolate bars and things mm. like that. They're all introductions uh, from war, you know, because wow. all like there were, there were U.S. military bases, you know, in all yeah, countries yeah. in Asia, in Japan. That's why they eat spam as well. I mean, Japan is by, by any means a poor country, mm-hmm. but they spam for that reason. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. They accepted, adopted it, what, like in, after the, you know, World War Two and during World War Two, so 1950s, right? 45. And a coffee is sort of a similar thing. So in Korea, I remember watching um, movies and TV shows set back in like in uh, 50s and 40s. They didn't have word for it. They really? didn't have word for it. They didn't know what to call it because we we had never seen it before. Wow. So they literally called bitter water, bitter drink. That's how we called it in the 50s and 40s. We, we didn't have word for it. We didn't know what it was. You know, we kind of knew like what it does. Like, oh, you know, you're kind of awake. You know, yeah. it's better. But it was rich people's trait, not you know ordinary people. Not affordable for most no. people. No. It's funny. I mean, talking about the etymology of the word, mm-hmm. actually it borrows from a lot of origins. Um, yeah. I mean, coffee was coffee from the Dutch. Yeah. And this is this is Wikipedia. You know, I. A lot of I'm theories. not an expert, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. then. Ottoman, the Turkish Empire, Mm -hmm. they borrowed from the Arabic, Mm -hmm. which actually was derived from a word that was... uh, Vigorous. Yeah, vigorous. And then there was another one. There was a verb attached Mm -hmm. to it. Like, I believe it was kwa, but it essentially translates to lack hunger, a lack of hunger, Mm -hmm. referring to the... I didn't know that. Yeah, referring to the the effect, obviously, that you have. Yeah. Huh. Did not know that. So it's very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of... You know, when you get that far, and that's not even that far back. When you right. get back 15th century, right? you know, there's a lexicon and people that particularly study this type of things, mm-hmm. scholarly field to try and understand the vocabulary yeah. right. and the dictionaries and link them all together. Mm-hmm. But it's very, just very interesting that even the word we're using mm-hmm. translates directly to how it affects us and what its actions right. and its properties are. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, I don't know. I don't hear words very much and think like, oh, that word, we use it because it actually means something. Right. Like a physical action or a physical effect from it. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess it was because so uh, apparent to, uh, I think one of the like origins theories 
is that uh, in in uh, one of the Arabic countries, um, this guy uh, saw his uh, lamb or sheep mm-hmm. um, took a bite of coffee, coffee bean, and then wouldn't go go to sleep entire night. <laughs> <laughs> That that's one of the theories. Uh, I I think it, what what's so interesting is that even though the coffee hasn't been around that long, like we don't have clear origin. You know, that's no. that's the craziest part to me. Like we're not talking about four thousand BC Egypt. You know, we're talking about fucking fifteenth century, and we don't even yeah. know the origin of it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy to me. You know, we even know the like secret chamber. In a fucking pyramid, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was built literally six thousand years ago. Now we don't know the origin of coffee that happened yeah. about like six centuries ago. Yeah, I that's guess that's crazy. I know it seems like the easiest thing they can do is just basically yeah. say, you know, when it's popularized based off trade. Mm-hmm. That's typically it seems like how they link to say, yeah. you know, fifteenth, sixteenth century. We started actually exporting, trading coffee, mm-hmm. whether it was through Yemen or specific regions, mm-hmm. and it became one of these things that people mm-hmm. consumed, but not yeah. like we consumed. Yeah, Actually, one of the first groups of individuals that consumed coffee that we're aware of were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Islamic, uh, oh. the yeah. Sufi, S-U-F-F-I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. would do it for the effects to stay awake right. or Ramadan, yeah, prayer yeah. and things of that yeah. nature. Yeah. And then that was also, funnily enough, met with some controversy because it was like haram, you know, so forbidden yeah. because they compared it to potentially alcohol. Right. Right. So it was actually banned at some point. Right. And then re-legalized. And there was this back and forth and there mm-hmm. was coffee houses that were developed. Um, and then now there's some attribution that actually coffee was a gift mm-hmm. from god given by archangel michael came to muhammad and said yeah oh coffee here this is in the place of basically wine because you can't drink right. wine yeah um in islam so that was seeing that history and hearing it mm-hmm. is incredibly interesting because i think for the average person at least in western civilizations mm-hmm. or places that are further removed from more islamic belief in that kind of structure don't realize this is tied very strongly mm-hmm. into those religious roots. Yeah. And it has a lot of like religious attributes. And it's yeah. very, very cool to see and kind of refreshing to have a bit of an idea of the history surrounding coffee. Right. Yeah. 100%. Because I think most people think coffee, oh yeah, Italian. You know, that's yeah. all you think, or you just think Europe. <clears throat> well, yeah, because the, um, the, the largest portion of the element of coffee today of culture today is espresso. I think that's why um, we largely attribute it to uh, Italians. Mm-hmm. But fair, I mean, strange, surprising enough that even French press, I thought like this is the this is older actually, older than espresso. But no, it's actually younger. Wow! I know the original espresso machine was invented in 1884, so almost right after the first. Uh, industrial revolution which is which makes sense right because you use high pressure high temperature right up to like uh between one to nine bars Mm. there's a high pressure so you need to have that i mean basically espresso is you can say that in that sense uh the direct 
result of the first uh, industrial revolution, right? I mean, mm-hmm. without the, invo- the the first revolution, then you wouldn't have yeah. I mean, how an would espresso? You? Yes, but anyway, um, 1884, the original invention, which was um, iterated many times for improvements, but French press came along in 19. I think it was seven, something like that. It, it's anyway. It's a uh, almost twenty years later. It's a newer invention than espresso machine. Uh-huh. I was very surprised too because this is all mechanical, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing about. Uh, I mean, this is just a pot event essentially. So I was yeah. very surprised to know that French press came along later than espresso machine. There's a lot of interesting things like that. I'm sure you've yeah. heard the same thing with. You know, matches and then a lighter. Yeah. You would obviously think, oh, yeah, matches, of course, more primitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a lighter that came first, you know? A piece oh, really? Of flint. Yeah, a lighter first. Because huh. a match, you know, is coated, it's a chemical, and you have a true, reaction based true. on that. So right. it's, it's more primitive, I guess, lighter. Yeah, but you would think, other than the somebody asked you, you know, immediately yeah. to your head, you would just be like, oh, f- of course the match came first. Yeah. I mean, come on, really? Yeah. But similar huh. situation. I actually didn't know that about the French press either. Mm. I guess the primary brewing method for the longest time must mm-hmm. have been pour over. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, uh, th- there was just a book written by Iron. I'm sorry, I, I forgot the gentleman's name. But um, he wrote this book, um, prominent book about coffee history. And he categorizes um, the northern Europe of uh, more pour over um, drip coffee and southern Europe. Is more espresso. Mm. That's the, how, how it categorizes North and South of Europe. Very interesting. Well, yeah. Was there any traditionally? Did he find any reason why that was the case? I mean, southern I, climate, I imagine, is warmer, but I can't see. Mm-hmm. Be hard to make a correlation, I guess. But did he arrive to a conclusion? I don't. I I don't know. I've never read the book. Mm. Uh, but he. I guess there are the the primary methods, brewing methods, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't know exactly why. Uh, I don't know why. But I just assume that those are uh, the longest and most uh, reliable method, you know, because now you take a French uh, French press mocha. I think a mocha was pretty mocha pot, and that was pretty late too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you're looking at just drip coffee, or uh, actually, if you go to uh, like uh, Arabic, some Arabic countries, I think they put just. Like coffee, uh, ground coffee, and just hot water. Yeah, right. I mean, you don't even have filter. If I'm not mistaken, that's very similar to a Turkish coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Turkish. Yeah, exactly. So you just drink it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the old methods, it's basically just hot water and coffee ground, right? Yeah. So I, I there isn't much if you take out French press, mocha pot, and espresso machine. It's just well, hot water and coffee, methods, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just trying to extract the flavor. Yeah. Just uh, actually, uh, an, an extension of that discussion uh, is the uh, you know like brief history of American coffee culture. So the after World War II, just like any other country, you know, they started drinking more coffee. Um, but all that uh, up to like seventies and nineties, the uh, primary method, brewing method, was used to uh, was to use percolator. Mm-hmm. Percolator that has 
that uses basically hot boiling water mm-hmm. goes through a, a small chamber that has yeah. coffee grind. Um, so for that reason, it, it relies on hot water. Therefore, the quality of coffee isn't so great because now we all know that even espresso, yes, we use high temperature and pressure, but nearly boiling water. But there's a huge difference. I don't I exactly don't know what's happening chemically, but um, we by now we all know that we don't use actual boiling water for. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the uh, the brewing the methods, taste. but yeah, uh, like. Hot boiling water isn't, I guess, good. I'm not a coffee expert, but... Um, Wait, you're not a coffee expert? We start a coffee business and you're not... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we're near never. expert, okay? <laughs> near expert. But, I mean, well, I guess I, I can, you know, start to look into all those, uh, the details, but the percolators did not make a good quality coffee for their reason. Um, and then that was the main brewing method. Americans for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So actually, they call forties uh, and fifties. Not wait a second. So you know, up to the point where um, the European coffee culture starts to started bloom, uh, bloom in mm-hmm. America uh, after World War Two. That period they call uh, the dark age of American coffee. Wow, we have yeah. a dark age. Yeah. American history, it's so rough, you know. There was a time where we didn't have good coffee, didn't know how to make it, use it. It's it's crazy (laughs) to think that even in New York City, in 70s up to even 90s, early 90s, you wouldn't find, like, Italian espresso bars. Wow, that seems very hard to imagine. I I know. There were... The oldest one is, I think, Cafe Cafe, uh, Reggio in New York City. And that's the oldest one since, like, 50s or 70s, something like that. So a lot of artists used to go there. You know, you know like, even Hemingway Picasso, in Paris. Yeah, yeah, there guys. were several places, like, a few places they used to go, right? I mean, I used to go. I, I've been there in one of the um, – it was not a cafe. Well, I guess it's sort of a cafe. But close to Moulin Luz, uh, there was a, this a little restaurant. I went there, like, 6 a.m. in the morning. I was so excited. Ooh, Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> we used to eat there, man. <laughs> I was so excited. I went there to, to Guatemala, hour before opening. <laughs> and that's when I uh, met those gentlemen. You remember? Uh, yeah, you told like, me. Yeah, there were uh, two French guys who were headed to uh, Red Light District or Sacred. I, I, I don't know. but Six in the morning, by the way. <laughs> Think I about know. that. <laughs> After a big party, I guess. They suggested that, oh, where from, you know, like, you want to go together? Best sex in France? Like, oh, no, I'm good, man. <laughs> You're like, I'm just looking for uh, the coffee. But the Cafe Reggio was one of those, like, one of those places, you know, the uh, famous artists, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, all those people used to hang out there because this is one of the few, like, one of the only, I guess. And then sort of, like, that expanded to more and more European coffee shops start started opening in America, but first in California and uh, New York. New York, I think, was the first, like, the city and a state. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, also just being a port, right? right? Immigrants, exactly. So you just have the access to all these different cultures. 100%. Obviously can get access to the supplies to do it as Mm -hmm. well. Right. And then just a huge industry 
in regard yeah. to like people are industrious there. Yeah. You know, everybody's looking for a way to make money. True. That's a good point, tradition. actually. The culture, right? I mean, that has nothing to do with the coffee itself, but the industrials, mm-hmm. uh, the, the part of the culture, right? People are so busy all the time, you know, they're hustle. So, like, espresso is like, it's like that, right? I mean, the quickness, but it's also effective. Like, I, I think that's the characteristics of uh, uh the espresso yeah so like italians for example they don't drink espresso in the morning like they drink cappuccino that's more like a morning coffee cappuccino uh, i mean it has espresso haters okay <laughs> <laughs> talking about the espresso itself yeah, yeah so they in the morning they drink a cappuccino um with um, uh, a pastry typically i mean we we love to do it <sighs> even though we do intermittent it. fasting at normal times but when we don't like that's that's my to go to yeah it's definitely the go to um, but that's what they usually do cappuccino espresso is more like uh, uh after dinner or uh during the uh during the day something like that they when they need some extra boost right mm-hmm. but um i don't know why i started saying that well uh, yeah in relation to new york the industriousness culture, right? of it a lot of immigrants hustling and all that kind yeah of makes it's, sense, i mean it's hard to imagine yeah. now the world with yeah. without coffee it's so mainstream so yeah. essential i think most people are addicted to some yeah. type of caffeine maybe it's yeah. not caffeine caffeine maybe it's not mm-hmm. coffee but yeah majority of people at least in the u.s take some form of caffeine whether it's energy right. drinks coffee mm-hmm. chocolate granted it's a very small amount probably natural right. amount of caffeine but it just it does really give you that boost and that little bit of perk mm-hmm. that's so nice. And I mean, you and I, we start every morning starts the same way. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's the best way to start your day, almost ritualistic when you're even preparing it. Mm-hmm. There's something just very satisfying about the preparation. Yeah. And again, I mean, we just do French press, so it's, it's pretty yeah. straightforward, very simple. Simple. Nothing difficult, but it makes a good, consistent type of coffee every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, depending what beans you're using and which roast. Yeah. But I, even if I wasn't going to drink coffee, I think I'd still enjoy the process of mm. waking up, boiling water, right. waiting for it. We have a kettle here, which is nice because it's so much quicker. Electric kettle, yeah. I'm so used to just boiling water on the stove and you know, yeah. waiting. Looking. <laughs> yeah. It literally like 10 times as slower than electric kettle. It's crazy how slow it is. So slow. Yeah. But um, kind of finish the uh, the 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 early progression of coffee coffee culture in America because it's really short. Um, so like uh, the European style coffee bars started open um, around uh, California and New York. And uh, the reason I'm saying this is they're kind of interesting to see the lineage is very small, like thin. That's what I'm getting at. Um, so like you coffee. Cafe Regie, uh, Regi, uh, what was that name again? I think, uh, the totally forgot. Yeah, yeah, Regio, Regio, Regio. I don't know how to pronounce Regio, it. I'm sorry, yeah, Cafe Regio. Um, and others, and then you, you would see uh, Pete's Coffee. Now, Pete's? You, you know Pete's. Oh, yeah, yeah. So very familiar with Pete's. Originally, <clears throat> that was in California as well, I think in San Francisco uh, in the 70s. And I was so, somewhere there. And this guy was Dutch. He founded the company. Uh, and then the more interesting story out of this is that, yes, there was sort of like the first, uh, the, the next uh, T 
tier in terms of size and everything of European-style coffee bar. But there was a regular to that coffee shop, uh, and the gentleman was enthusiastic regular to the uh, Pitts Coffee, um, and he was uh, the founder of Starbucks. I was just about to say, yeah. I bet you anything. So wow. that's why they adopted these words like, you know, the, the, the words ended with toe, chino, like mo, uh, mochaccino, frappuccino. Those words don't exist in Italy. Those mm-hmm. are all made up ma- names, but they wanted to like mimic the... Uh, you know names of Italian coffee. Wow. They put like Otto, Chino, whatever. They just you know put those words to uh, whatever they're making. Wow, pretty so smart sounds marketing, like Italian, right? But it's not. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't I know. know that. That's crazy marketing because <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I I literally had no idea. Uh-huh. And then that was what. I guess the eighties for Starbucks when they started, or did no? I they think started they in the nineties, right? Early nineties, seventies, I think. Oh, Starbucks was. Wow, uh, I think so. They've been but, for a while. Uh, Pike's place. The the uh, the Pike's rise Pike. of it was, I think, I, I would say, early nineties. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can't go anywhere in the U.S. without finding a Starbucks yeah. now. I mean, that's when we started uh, see a lot of you know Starbucks commercials in movies and. Um, Right? That's the 90s, right? I mean, yeah. 80s movies don't really show Starbucks. No, no. But it's definitely. like 90s movies. Yeah, right? it's like a cultural epidemic. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I said, I uh, when I was in the military in 2000, between 3 and 5, uh, I read this book called uh, Blue Ocean. Uh, I mean, still used in, in business and in, in economy. Blue Ocean refers to untapped market. Basically, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you need to tap into untapped market instead of saturated market and one of the great examples that book used uh, along with other companies i forgot already i think it was intel or ibm was starbucks like big portion of the book was dedicated to uh starbucks Mm. and uh they were talking about why starbucks was so um successful now we know a little bit better because of the history of uh coffee in america because you know the quality of coffee wasn't that great, the baseline. The people didn't even know what good coffee means. Yeah. I mean, coffee was diner coffee, right? Yes. I mean, still, that's I, American st- coffee, isn't it? I still, I uh, I mean, I'm never going to turn my head up to diner. <laughs> yeah, when I, I go it. to a diner, I expect yeah. to get diner coffee. Yes. I Yes, the quality of coffee, objectively speaking, is trash in comparison. But I love that culture, man. I mean, it's, it's so unique. Yeah. It's like an unlimited coffee, right? Basically, yeah. Water Bye. down. And- I completely water down. <laughs> I've been sitting in that pot that's well, never been washed like, all yes. day, and there's some comfort from it. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Like right? I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. I was saying that the idea of a cup of coffee and a cigarette mm-hmm. outside on the porch, or yeah. you know, that kind of like diner room atmosphere. I don't even smoke cigarettes, you know. Yeah. But to me. It, there's a really big sense of romanticism attached to that. Yeah. And I think that imagery is so, again, probably from the 90s mm-hmm. and the, even the 80s, there's a huge scene that you, you see over and over again. Mm-hmm. Somebody smoking a cigarette and having their coffee. And, you know, I also grew up, my, ma- my mom, she yeah. smoked and drank coffee. And she told my dad all the time, John, don't. Don't talk to me until I've had my first cigarette and my cup of coffee. Because <laughs> my dad was so annoyed. Oh, my God. Dude, I've never known that. 
Yeah. And you know my dad, so <laughs> you're totally good. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's wow. the power of coffee right there. That's the fucking the most gangster shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Don't talk to me until I get my first cigarette and cop of coffee. Do you understand that? <laughs> She's serious about Holy it. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god, it's 28 minutes in. So, 28 minutes. Oh my goodness. This is flying by. So, a lot of things have changed. Uh, one of which is to uh, actually properly end our free show version. Um, previously, we did not. Uh, mm-hmm. Caused a lot of confusion, I heard. So, we decided to uh, put an end mark to our free short version every time. Um, so, thanks for listening. Uh, this week's free short version is a little longer than uh, uh, intended. Our, our typical is one. Yeah, um, but um, hey, you want to you want to take over? <laughs> I forgot. That. If you got any, again, like mm-hmm. we mentioned at the start, please yeah. like, subscribe, make some mm-hmm. comments, and yeah. if you want to hear the full version, that's usually about three times the length of this one. Yeah. Well, not this episode, but they're about an hour. We're going to be a little loose ended. Mm-hmm. You know, a little more free form with the Patreon members. Mm-hmm. Language slack up a little bit, you know, chill out the way cooler version. <laughs> you want to come join us on the cooler version? Yeah. You can check out our Patreon page. You mm-hmm. know, subscribe as little as $5 a month. Yeah. Get full access. And yeah. we appreciate it and help support us. So please just leave any feedback and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So let's kick it back to the, the Patreon one now, shall we? Yeah. Sure. Thank you, guys. Bye. Back. We're back. To our Patreon members. We're talking about coffee. I've let my hair down. <laughs> I've relaxed. Now I don't have to be so formal. I can curse. I can like say you did bad not. words. Like <laughs> poop and butt. <laughs> How dare you? Who do I think I am? <laughs> Degrading the quality of the show. Yeah, well, they're paying for it, so... <laughs> <laughs> You you Patreon members out there support this bad habit. Mm. <laughs> so we're talking about coffee. I don't know how much. Uh, what was the last thing we talked about? Who cares? <laughs> this is for Patreon members. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say that. Um, oh, yeah. We're talking about Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it a little bit more. Right. I mean, I guess you can say that Starbucks was a pioneer. I, I think we can certainly say that. Yeah, it changed the coffee scene entirely in the U.S. But um, currently, I don't think it's, it has the same, you know, the reputation that once held. They used to, yeah. right? Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? What do you when think they, that is? So I think, like you mentioned just mm-hmm. previously, blue market blue ocean market blue Ocean market. Yeah. when you're the first one in there you're going to be badass because you have no way to compare yourself to. right so something that's new like that exciting mm-hmm. these tastes you haven't had before mm-hmm. of course you're going to think this shit is like good as bread you know yeah. it's going to be the newest freshest thing for you but when you have more competitors coming in the industry uh-huh. you get a little more niche a little more refined mm-hmm. then you're not going to stand out as heavily mm-hmm. and i think that has happened and again Mm -hmm. because they have to be profitable and compete with these other places i think quality more than likely goes down yeah right 
So you have all these other smaller coffee shops pop up, these different roasters, these different blends, mm -hmm. and you, you run into a huge variety of coffees. Mm -hmm. So Starbucks to me is basically the Miller Lite or the Bud Light. You know, it's like the basic beer. Yeah. It's the basic coffee. Mm -hmm. You know what you're getting. It's not bad. It's not horrible, but it's not going to blow your mind. Right. They just, they had the early uh, right. adoption yeah. or adaptation to yeah. the market, and right. that's why they're so successful i think right the initially one of the few factors that um that are attributed to their success was the high quality coffee mm -hmm. right i guess you made a really good point that you know yes it used to be their quality used to be a great i mean compared to all the other coffees but today there are so many private uh you know like small coffee roasters and farmers um that they know what they're doing <laughs> and their quality has have exceeded actually that of Starbucks. I think we can say that because yeah. like you said, even today, you know, we always try to go to find when we're in a new place, try to find a good coffee shop, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, not in Thailand, I think, but a lot of times in U.S., all the uh, uh, local coffee shops, most of them use their own coffee. Yes. So I think... Man, U.S. coffee quality is so great, you know, if you think about it actually that way. Because if you have to, like, compare... Because, okay, there, there are, like, kind of matchless twin stars, right? Italy and U.S., mm -hmm. I think, when it comes to coffee. That, as like, a, a Italian coffee culture is characterized by... I think just one word, espresso. That's it. Mm. But American uh, coffee culture is characterized by... I think more than that. I think, uh, well, the biggest one is probably specialty. You know, I think we are so familiar with the concept today that specialty coffee, right? The roasters, like in, even in Austin, man. I mean, there are local coffee shops, very small, small businesses, but they, you know, roast their own coffee mm -hmm. in a special way. Like yeah. they they have very special like taste flavors to it. Yeah, I don't think those are the things. Uh, will be easy uh, to get to get to in Italy, for example, or any other European countries. Oh, you know probably I mean? not. No. So, like the quality of those, uh, you know, non-franchise coffee shops and uh, coffee roasters in America are so high today that it's more than just speed and quantity um, that are that used to be the characteristics of American culture, a coffee culture. But today, it's more than that. It's just they actually shoot for specialty flavors yeah. and quality, right? I mean, that's why yeah. we, have, we know so many great coffee shops in America. Almost any city you go, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you're definitely right about that. And then people are also just slowly trending towards more of the mm -hmm. mom-and-pop shops and wanting to help local mm -hmm. businesses. I think there's definitely a shift in the U.S. culture mm -hmm. and consumerism to want to support these industries and yeah. these types of people mm -hmm. rather than throwing your money at Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts that's mm -hmm. they're going to survive regardless <laughs> of you spending money right we want to be able to go to somebody who's local mm -hmm. and doing the work themselves to pay for that cup of coffee and mm -hmm. there's also the huge ethical concern if you're buying coffee mm -hmm. and it's cheap and affordable 
it's yeah. probably slave wages for those people. These yeah. farmers are probably being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. The beans are being bought at like egregious prices, mm-hmm. extremely low. It's in, it's unsustainable. And that's why you can buy the Starbucks coffee at yeah. that price point. And again, I'm right. not saying maybe necessarily Starbucks, but a lot of these other coffees. Mm-hmm. So when you go buy a 12 ounce bag of coffee or a pound of coffee, if you're paying less than $20, yeah. you're probably buying yeah. coffee that's not sustainable yeah. and that people are not making money. And I say people as in the farmers. Right. They're not making a livable Somebody's wage. Somebody's compromised, yeah. right? Yeah, hugely. Yeah. And I think so. Right now, there's an ethical shift again mm-hmm. in the U.S. as we become more and more aware of these problems mm-hmm. that people are willing to spend more money for ethically produced coffee right. that's sustainable and actually you know goes back to the farmers yeah i mean that's the aim and the coffee that we seek to produce Mm -hmm. especially you know the next batches right like we've talked about we want you know even specific amount of money to go back Mm -hmm. for we'll mention it down the road for other groups and causes and supports that we believe in so i mean it's a huge thing you got to think about when you're buying this coffee Mm -hmm. or you're going to this chain is can you really afford that coffee? Like, yeah, yeah you can afford it financially because mm. it's cheap. Yeah. But ethically, can you afford that? I mean, yeah. morally, can you afford that? So it's not an easy decision. We're all addicted. You know, yeah. we're all on the hook. Right. And they've kind of they've kind of got us in that means. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you should be trying to realize that your money is how you vote, essentially. As if the, yeah. Is it okay for these corporations to take advantage of farmers? Yeah. Is it okay that we're doing all this? You know, because right. we're, we're responsible to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> but even in the stores right now, you can go. <laughs> so what you were talking about, having mm-hmm. all these local roasters. Mm-hmm. So part of that, too, I think is, you know, so we start selling coffee, obviously. Our margins are so bad. Yeah. you. It's very difficult to make yeah. money when you're competing with these other groups of corporations that again can get the beans so cheap can get the roast cheap Mm -hmm. price point is super down because they don't pay an ethical wage so all these other coffee shops that are pop-up mom and pop shops they can't even sell their coffee in the store Mm -hmm. they can't afford distribution they can't afford mass production right so they do small batch roasting for all their locals Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the cool thing too when you go to a region you can go taste these coffees. You can taste yeah. the roast, and it can be so uniquely different than anything else you've mm-hmm. had before. Yeah, that's that. hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, our like big part of so there are things that. Okay, uh, let me go back a little more. <laughs> I'm just like adjusting in my head, but we we've been always emphasizing um, experience, the importance of experience, right? And then one of you know one of the things that I value highly. Uh, when I'm traveling around is coffee, like experiencing your coffee and along with uh, beer. Uh, those are the two things that I like to like try, actually, mm-hmm. other than they're, you know, um, very um, popular foods, I guess. Thailand hasn't been a great place, honestly, for beer because uh, we've talked, yeah. about, talked about this many times, but... Um, uh, Brewing, brewing beer is illegal. Yeah. Uh, the private brewing is illegal in Thailand. So, um, like, more than 90% of the beer market is um, occupied by 
dominated by uh, <laughs> two two different companies, uh, Singha and another one. So um, we haven't been able to try any new beer here. I mean, that's a that's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's funny. That actually, so when I went yeah. out last night, you know, with lovely a German girl. Mm-hmm. I went to go pour the Singha right. on the glass. You know, it's Singha. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care how I pour this thing. Yeah. It's Singha. And so I poured it straight. And she doesn't even drink. And she was yeah. shocked and stunned. And what? so Wait, so yeah. appalled and offended that I would pour uh, a beer that way. And I was like, listen here. This is a Singha. And I'm not shitting on Singha. It's her favorite here. Yeah. But. Objectively. Uh, by comparison, it has to be our favorite. <laughs> you know? If I'm going to compare. Again, you need just. <laughs> Two things to to do a comparison, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying, the beer here for sure is not good, and that is yeah. probably the biggest bummer. Like yeah. leaving the U.S. as far mm-hmm. as the culture yeah. associated with like eating and drinking, because you and I enjoy food and drinking yeah. and coffee, and it's a big part of our experience. No matter where we are, we like to have mm-hmm. a good meal and try places. But yeah. you know, a beer can really complement a meal. It can actually shine. It could be the yeah. star. And here you're just not going to get that, so you're kind of already just like you have to fall back on. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully the food's really good. Yeah, yeah that has been uh, that has been an um, unfortunate um, experience, I think. But you know, another thing is that there are supposed to like more than I would say twenty percent of the restaurants that you you typically find in Thailand. They're supposed to have imports, but the problem today is that the tourism is dead that all those restaurants they have those imports on their menu but they don't actually have them yeah because they don't need to because there are no lot of tourists yeah nobody's affording nobody can order them nobody can afford them here they can't pay to store those i mean things degrade even beer right yeah there's specific ways to store it can't be exposed to uv light type on the beer Mm -hmm. certain temperature and it's hard it's hot here yeah you think people even have like robust freezers or yeah. things to keep these cool up. no yeah. so they can't keep them so you're right there's a lot of times we go in there we look at the menus like oh shit they got a nice belgium beer yeah oh yeah we'll take two of those oh sorry no yeah. only sing high very typical, <laughs> very typical. <laughs> right it's like oh it's a bummer but yeah understandable right because so, the tourism industry is dead yeah um so patreon members uh, that was you know sort of like insider's tip <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's hard to if you really enjoy um, or prefer European beers or even any imports in Thailand. Um, it's better to check in advance yeah. if you really want to yeah. enjoy that at you yeah. know at dinner table. And then again, realize you're paying yeah. your home price. You're paying whatever yes. you pay in euros, whatever mm-hmm. you pay in US dollars. You're going to be paying equivalent. Yes. Uh, we had a Duval the other day. Mm-hmm. It was two fifty baht. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. two fifty or three hundred. So it's expensive, man. <clears throat> it's not a cheap beer. Yeah, Those compared to a Singha big yeah. beer, which is a hundred baht. Yeah. So think about that. I mean, like. Yeah, I heard that uh, taxes on those are about sixty percent, something like that. Wow. It's very high. Um, again, who knows what kind of relation they have um, those beer com- big beer companies here with uh, the government here and whatever, but. Um, it's way of protecting their own brands. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a, a lot of co- controversies. Um, if you if you want to talk about okay whether or not you should treat them those imports um, uh, comparably, um, because that's going to drive free market right in in a in, in the right direction. But 
it'll at least offer more variety yeah. to people. And I think that's something we've seen as well. Actually, interesting enough, I think we mentioned this before mm-hmm. when we were in the airport, I believe in Chiang Mai, right? There's that infographic mm-hmm. kind of history of the one coffee shop we went yeah. to where they had changed a poppy field mm-hmm. and they started growing beans on it, right? So mm-hmm. instead of being a heroin field, one of the Thai kings had um, not commissioned, but gone to the farm and then repurposed it mm-hmm. to grow beans. And they did that for some time. But I also don't know, even the coffee shops here, mm-hmm. how much of it's export versus import. Because they obviously know, yeah. have the climate yeah. necessary to grow coffee beans here. Yeah. But there's no... It's, I mean, I don't know but it seems like there are farm, tons farms, right? Yeah. Uh, I just don't know exactly how much. Um, I mean, the coffee quality is good, again. But I don't know like how much of that is imports or not. But I assume that majority of them are domestic, uh, just like beers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason for them to, especially in this climate, um, not to farm it. Yeah. There's no reason to. And then coffee, compared to other um, cereals and grains, is relatively easier what am I saying? I mean, do I really know? <laughs> you look like you work in a rice well, field. I mean, but the coffee beans, Racism. I think, uh, are relatively easier to grow. Uh, pretty straightforward. That's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you have the right climate, right? Whereas rice could be very complicated, I think, even even in the right clim- climate. Um, yeah. But, I mean, at least they get a lot of rain here. That's super yeah. important. You know, rice is right. a very water demanding <clears throat> product so when was the first time you started drinking coffee because i think we were talking about this before oh, i didn't um, i didn't start drinking coffee until uh, i was like adult like, adult for yeah, sure same yeah, to adulthood like 20 maybe something like that uh because my sister initially because she she loves coffee and um she used to drink black coffee a lot at home smoking obviously i smoked a ton before it was a thing. It's just relaxing and uh, enjoying time with my sister. She would make black coffee and you know and smoke. Mm-hmm. And we used to do that together. I guess that yeah, that was the first time. Well, the, the cigarette though. I mean, I started a long time before that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking three years old over here, <laughs> chain smoking. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like sixteen. It was fifteen probably when I started it. And um, coffee was later, uh, after high school. Yeah, mm. yeah my parents, yeah. they both drank coffee, but typically it wasn't it wasn't good. It was like Folgers, you know, yeah. so it was instant coffee. Yeah. And then again, they would add milk, sugar, you know, basically yeah. whatever you would have added that to. I think it was going to taste fucking great. <laughs> and I, I was always, my brother liked it, and I was like, yeah. Even as a kid, I had that kind of, like we mentioned before about you and I, kind of mm. an aesthetic yeah. type personality where I'm not indulging in sweets. Mm. I don't want sugar. I don't want any of these unhealthy things, even as a kid. Yeah. So I was like, nah, you know, I never wanted it. And then when I finally did get mm-hmm. into coffee, and again, this was into adulthood, working in the first job in semi, yeah. it's like, okay, might as well have some coffee, but black only. Because mm-hmm. to me, 
a man drinks his coffee black. That's mm. the only way you drink it. Yeah. You know, which is stupid and silly. <laughs> but that's how I felt. Like, I'm a man. I'm going to have a man's coffee. You understand me? Right. Fucking black. Nothing else. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. at first I didn't like it. I really yeah. didn't like it. But Oh, you remember? Effects, the yeah, first yeah, time man, you, when I, you had it? Yeah, I remember not liking it. I was like, oh. this is gross. But I, I also knew it was going to give me energy. You know, right. the, the caffeine effect. I was like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because... Prior to that, you know, done all the mm-hmm. lifting, supplement. I'm drinking gross-ass shit. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's going to give me the effect I want, whatever. I can stomach it. I don't care. Right. But coffee, it's like a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome, mm-hmm. you know. It, it convinced yeah. me to love it. Like, slowly but surely started enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then d- just developed a palate for it. Yeah. And then I could start tasting the differences, you know, depending on the blend I got yeah. or the roast or the bean, mm-hmm. I really start to appreciate it yeah. way more than I ever thought I could. And I always right. kind of scoff when people said, oh, it's an acquired taste. You just have to do it to yeah. get it. I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> Wait, you mean I have to drink it to then enjoy it? That yeah. seems like I have to like trick myself. Yeah. But it really is something that you can really learn to appreciate, yeah. especially when you don't throw sugar and milk on top of yeah. it. Yeah, it's just like a, just like a, you know, when you try to, try good meat cut um cut a meat right when you have when you know for sure or when you know for sure that it's a good quality meat that you want to taste the meat right oh, then yeah. i don't i, I don't want to fucking add anything else i'm just yeah. salt and pepper but if it's a bad meat that's when i started start to fucking marinate it <laughs> <laughs> not that i fucking love but don't get me wrong some marinated good quality meat exists and those are fucking expensive but to me still like there's no reason to do so with a good quality meat like, yeah i would do that like decent mediocre quality meat it's still great yeah marinate it right i mean it because there's acid in it right it, it kind of tenderized the meat when mm-hmm. you marinate it at least that's how i do it i use pineapple juice mm, uh, uh, for pork especially the uh, relatively rough meat uh, i use tenderized in in pineapple juice yeah mm few minutes usually if you go over like 20 minutes it becomes really um uh melty almost like mm. so i don't like it but anyway the point is coffee is like the it's the same thing i mean if it's really good coffee then yes i want to drink it as it is you know yeah. it's not that like i'm cool black coffee it's just <laughs> like I, I can actually enjoy the yeah. actual flavor of coffee again like the american coffee culture the reason they like like even Italians, you know, sometimes they would like drink espresso. In their mouth, they have like chocolate, but kind of pour over espresso over mm, it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because espresso is not good. You know, <laughs> like you want to add that sweetness to it. Yeah, that's Got what it. they do. Like if the quality is not good, you want to add something else, right? Yeah. To make it usually sugar is the answer to everything, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's an implication. The coffee you're drinking, it's probably not a good coffee. Yeah. Or, again, oh. maybe you need to develop your palate. <clears throat> but there's so many benefits to yeah. just drinking it black. I mean, the reduction yeah. of calories, sweeteners, right. sugars, all those other things. Don't get me wrong. Everything's yeah. fine in moderation. But also just the simplicity. Yeah. I can go anywhere. We can bring coffee with us right. anywhere. Camping, hiking. True. All you need is... True a heat source something mm-hmm. to hit the water and you just need the grounds yeah it's pretty much all you need right and you're good to go mm-hmm. so it's really just a sustainable way to enjoy coffee for yeah me. a good point good point um 
I mean, I'm sure there are people who still prefer adding other stuff because, mm-hmm. yes, I kind of get it. The get the argument that okay, I get your point, but the flavor is exalt- exalted when I add this smoothness sure. of milk, sure. another texture, introduction of. Like contradictory texture and flavor, I kind of get it, you yeah. know, because we kind of appreciate that. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, like especially with cappuccino as yeah. well. I mean, we we indulge in a cappuccino, and you're right, it's a different experience. Yeah, I'm going into it again, expecting a different thing from it, because mm-hmm. what makes a cappuccino really good is like the blend of milk, right? yeah, the foam, mm-hmm. like the thickness of it. Yeah, so it like again accents and kind of complements each other. The milk yeah. complements the coffee. The coffee like. Mm-hmm bites away some of the sweetness and you yeah. get this kind of like nice middle ground yeah but definitely not something i could do every day i mean i could but i just mm-hmm. i just wouldn't because i like looking forward to like oh i haven't had a cappuccino in a while yeah you know it's like almost like right. a treat mm-hmm. and coffee so much for us is more than just it being enjoyable it's mm-hmm. um it's utility you know we use it for utility yeah midday lull tired whatever you need sure. to work out like Boom, yeah. coffee. It just it serves us in so many different ways. Right. So we typically drink in the morning, uh, just like anybody else, right? And then um, about noon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The afternoon. I afternoon. mean, it depends. Some days we yeah. miss it, right? Because yeah. we're yeah, especially in Thailand, we've been. I've been drinking at least like two cups of coffee mm-hmm. uh, in the morning and then afternoon. When I was in the states, uh, typically I would do three. And I have like cutoff time of seven that I know <laughs> for sure. If I drink beyond the time, I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to sleep. Mm. I'm gonna have a hard time. Except <laughs> I smoke weed. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> Just stoned and go to well, bed you know pretty what? quickly. But now you mentioned that I don't think I've ever been stoned and drink coffee. Oh, I wonder shoot. how great that would taste. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, everything's great, right? So <laughs> everything's better. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. But you know, actually, back to your question earlier, when I was the first time for me to try coffee, adult. That was black coffee. I tried a coffee before that because I just thought about this. But in the uh, mid nineties, from mid nineties. <clears throat> The concept of cafes um, was like a new to Korean culture. And then like everywhere you go, there were cafes. Like that was the 90s. And then the special thing about the, those cafes at the time was that because most people have pagers. Um, so you would have like a table, table and then there's a phone. Mm-hmm. So you go in there, you can make a phone call. Like, you know, actually, uh, how do you call that? Page someone mm-hmm. uh, and then respond to it, like listen to like a voicemail. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. That. So there was always like a phone on wow. the table. Now I remember it. And <clears throat> very popular among teenagers yeah. at the time. Because this uh, one of the places, along with the PC room, which is PC bang in Korean, where you can play games. Mm-hmm. And those cafes uh, uh, were... Um, like way out, you know, from stress and parents and all that. Yeah, so yeah. we used to hang out there all the time. The typical thing that you would drink is iced coffee. And iced coffee as in not just black iced coffee, but sweetened. 
Mm. Yeah. So cream and you know sugar, so like big cup, glass of cup with ice in it. That was uh, a very typical drink that we would get. Almost so like a Starbucks remember, one. Wow. Yes. Now I remember that. So I was like 15 maybe when I started uh, when I tried coffee for the first time. But um, you know, again, like we talked about this earlier. Like kids like to do what adults <laughs> do, right? And they think it's cool because yeah. they're adults, right? I mean, that's that's that was one of the things that we did. And again, it was a cultural thing. It was not like we just suddenly realized that oh, let's try coffee. It's so cool. <laughs> it's just those cafes start to open a lot, yeah. and you know, one of the places we could hang out. Yeah, without easy to indulge in that, yes. right? Yeah, I remember. And yeah, I one of the Again, you know, when you're young, you try to go to places. So mm-hmm. a lot of places that are only open like late at night are going to be yeah. these 24-hour diners because they just cater, you know, a lot of truckers, people passing through, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's where you would go afterwards. Yeah. I didn't drink. Yeah. So I'd always just sitting there having some coffee and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's the shitty diner coffee like we were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. I just I love it though. I mean, just thinking about it like brings so me so much joy and like yeah. it summons all these memories of these yeah. good times, like fucking great dates or being with friends. Yeah. You know, just everything. You about know, it. this cup and the oh, honey, you want me to top you off? Yeah. You know, just I'm like, so yeah, nice. yeah, I appreciate that. It has so it, there are a lot of things come with it, right? And that experience is more than you just talked about. You know, the southern. Or American friendliness, kindness, mm-hmm. um, and you know, typically go there. You you expect to have um, you know, big portion of meal, um, pancakes, and fucking typical American breakfast, yeah. bacon and eggs. It's just excited to think about, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Even like the quality isn't great. Like as long as the quality is like the baseline, it's great. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But also, like we we should remember, the baseline quality in almost anything in America is pretty high. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. I'd say that. Yeah. I'd say. And- that's the nice thing about America. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You get a lot of just things that are just mm-hmm. mediocre. Yeah. I mean, just average is average is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I personally don't like that. Granted, there's exceptions and everything like that. Yeah. But when I'm choosing, <clears throat> you have such a huge ability to go find mm-hmm. top end, like great food, great yeah. drinks, great everything. If you're willing to go yeah. look and search it out. I mean, outside of some of these cities that are more like yeah. shopping malls and chains and things like that. But I mean, America really does have an insane amount of variety mm-hmm. and huge spectrum. But I think actually one of the things about coffee specifically, why I also mm-hmm. it just came to mind to me, why I really, really do like it is think about how many times you go on dates. Where do you usually go? Like first date, coffee shop, yeah. coffee shop, you know, right. like there's like even an air to it, like romance yeah. kind of, <laughs> you know, the quiet yeah. sleepiness, like, Oh, new feelings. Yeah. I don't, you know, unspoken expectations, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true. I don't. I don't who know. Who doesn't like coffee, right? I mean, oh, at least yeah, the so idea of going to a coffee shop, like, who doesn't like it? Yeah. You know, you know writing, your yeah. your journaling, poetry, or yeah. you know, whatever. There's like yeah. something really reading. 
Yes, there's something so <clears throat> hard to describe, but so mm-hmm. satisfying about it. And it's all surrounding this drink. Yeah, you know? that's true. Would, would you have a shop like that if you didn't have coffee? I mean, maybe a tea house, mm-hmm. but then you would go back to like traditional tea houses. That's mm-hmm. not what that's about. You know, yeah. it's a, the ritual, it's the preparations. Yeah. The it's methodical. definitely a modern thing. Um, it, it, it is still ritualistic, I mm-hmm. think, um, because like the things that you just listed, um, you know, you kind of get excited, you know, like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, a cup of coffee, usually laptop in the middle, whatever, right? It's still ritualistic that people kind of repeat mm-hmm. over and over, but it's less ritualistic, right? Yeah. On a tea house, you have a lot more, like, have you been to a Japanese tea house? I haven't house? been to a Japanese it's one, It's very no. um, um, formal, right? I mean, it, even though you're there to get their service, is very formal, mm-hmm. like, women uh in kimono walks in with like in short steps right <laughs> put it down put it down and then um and um like they don't even actually sit down they s- kind of kneel down mm-hmm. right because the women sit like that and then i have to like bow them actually <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that i was just sitting like you know um like a man like right? a piece of shit that you are yeah i know <laughs> and then no she, respect. she did that kneel down and then bow i'm like oh sh- i'm supposed to do that too like i'm supposed to actually do that mm-hmm. you know so it's a lot more formal a lot more ritualistic um but american culture is not like that i mean yeah. the modern culture is not yeah. like that right yeah but um, even even our tea houses in the uh, u.s are still a little more uh, they're not obviously as yeah. stiff as that but mm-hmm. It's not like going to a coffee shop where you're hanging out. You go to a tea house. Yeah. There's, to me, there's like a little bit level of pretentiousness to yeah. it. And don't get me wrong, some coffee shops are so pretentious. Like, yeah. I've I've gone to there's a coffee shop in Troy actually that people mm-hmm. really like. Yeah. But I went in there. I'm like, this is the most pretentious, fucking egotistical oh, really? coffee shop. Like yeah. what? Yeah. So you go. I mean, you know Troy. Uh huh. It's an older city and it's got like all the you know the architecture very warm feelings but you go in here it's very modern there's white brick yeah and very hip they're trying to sell mm-hmm. like 20 dollar postcards and just they're trying they're catering to the instagram coffee shopper yeah and don't get me wrong there's people that love that shit not hating on them they just have horrible taste but <laughs> Yeah, so you go in there, and then they offer the specific teas, and you know they have their own names for the types of drink, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And it just it just struck me as very pretentious. Mm-hmm. They don't have Wi-Fi. I'm like, eh. was the did you ask? What? Did you ask why? No, I mean it was just people behind the counter, so I didn't ask why. Mm. I'll, I'll show you when we go there. I okay. I just don't like it. You know, I prefer going somewhere that's more kind of traditional in that sense you know it's not they're trying to get people to come to their coffee shop and that's the feeling i get like oh you're trying to come trying to lure people into your business because your business looks cool not because it is cool Mm, that's how i felt and i I mean you know troy man like it just it sticks out like a sore throng yeah it's like gentrification at its finest is how i felt yeah and again they're just trying their best but not my cup not my cup of tea yeah (laughs) I, I'm losing the train of my thought. My train of thought. He doesn't even know how to say the expression. Uh, oh, 
was going to say something about the quality they were talking about. I forgot. I lost it. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back after yeah. you partake. A cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> A nice but, cup of Joe. Thailand, again, uh, the coffee has been here um, great. But also what lacks is that... Um, Oh, the unique about you know coffee shops here is that even if even if you order like black coffee or americano, they they would ask you if you want if I want sugar sweet, sweeten it. So I was very surprised by that. Yeah, you know, that's not a thing in America. Yeah. Like if you get a black coffee, then black's black. That's, black, it. black, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. But here you you kind of still have to specify yeah. after ordering black coffee that oh I want it sweet or I don't want it sweet. You know, like, yeah, you have to specify. It's, it's, it could be a little. It's yeah, not, not annoying, just shocking. One mm-hmm. thing I will say, I fucking hate cold brew. Okay, that was kind of harsh. Yeah. I don't I don't really like Why? cold brew though. I don't know, man. It's just like coffee's meant to be hot. Even here, mm-hmm. when it's 100 degrees basically outside mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, you know, it's like crazy hot. Yeah. I'm sweating, I'm like, "No, I want my coffee black and I want yeah. hot." That's to me the only way you drink coffee. And mm-hmm. I get it. I understand yeah. people want the coffee and the taste yeah. of it and they just want it cooled off, but when you start throwing right. ice in it and then it melts, yeah. the concentration, the taste shifts. Dilute it. I am. Like, I'm not into this. You know, there's only one way to have coffee. Mm. I'm not saying yeah. that's true for everybody, but. Right. Come on, guys. Yeah. Hot. I only mean, hot. I, I, typically, that's, that's how I drink my coffee as well, but uh, there are days when, Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> hot as fuck. I, actually, there are times when I won iced coffee Mm -hmm. yeah when i need caffeine though yeah that's when i drink it but yeah it's rare but it happens yeah i drink cold coffee sometimes and uh you know it's not commercial or anything i tried uh nitro brew Mm. at starbucks yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean taste is whatever but the the texture was very interesting very Mm -hmm. smooth right yeah Uh, okay yeah i I what will say the nitro it? brew. No, I so actually at uh-huh. ABP, the Boulder Project in Austin, yeah, yeah. they used to have you know baked goods right there that they got from a local shop, and then they had on tap yeah. like nitro nitrogen infused coffee. Yeah. So uh, I would get that. Right, yeah. it was the only thing right there. Right, I'm about right. to go work out, climb, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that situation was acceptable, but I would never go to a coffee shop and right. get a cold brew just for it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like on the go, on the demand. Yeah, we're going through a gas station. Yeah. They don't have a you know a bang, or their yeah. energy drinks have sugar. Then yeah, I'll take a cold brew. Yeah, it's but better. Yeah. If I'm if I'm gonna sit there and have my coffee, I'd rather just right you know, have it warm. Right. Yeah. So there's a time and place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. But also, you know, we kind of didn't talk about this, but very important. Um, when it comes to selecting a coffee shop for me, whether or not um, has good pastries, you know that's another thing, right? But you uh, in Troy, <laughs> the what's the coffee shop's name? I forgot. Little Packs. Little Packs. Okay, they have some uh, great breakfast selection, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that. I don't want to say great, but good. <laughs> <laughs> but across the street, there's this uh, French bakery, right? Yeah, Placid Baker. Yes. Awesome. So yeah. I remember I was there when I was there. You said, "Oh, let's just grab a coffee from there and then go to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the bakery." Oh, There's a, like a table outside, yeah. right? 
That bakery right there. Dude. One of the, yeah, one of the best ones I've been uh, in America, at least. In America, um, if you're not American, um, like the <laughs> the level of pastries, uh, bakery is not, can I say this? I mean. Uh, yeah, you can definitely say okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Except some certain areas and regions, right? Uh, we're talking yeah. about New York City, some parts, right? But like typically the general quality that you get uh, in the States is not so great. Yeah. Um, Subpar. Yeah. You'd be disappointed if you're from yeah. specific areas of Europe yeah, and you come sure. to the U.S. You, you have to find a good place for it. Yeah. But most places are not great. So no. um, I and guess there's a winner that, that Europe, Europe wins when it comes to yeah no i quality undi- yeah hands yeah, down pastries yeah i mean even grant like here the bakeries are very yeah. far and few between but the bakeries have gone to have been pretty yeah. good yeah so yeah the u.s i think it's just because we don't have a huge culinary institution that's tied yeah. purely to baking mm-hmm. we just don't have the history right yeah. there's not a rich history so a lot of these places and these bakeries that open up are just mm-hmm. They're people that they were told by somebody like, oh, you bake so well, you should open a bakery. But, <laughs> yo, you should not have opened a bakery. You're going to go under <laughs> and be in debt. Like, I don't know who told you that shit. But most people should not have opened their bakeries. Everybody's a baker, dude. <laughs> dude, everybody's a goddamn baker. I'm like, dude, yeah, this America. is not good at all. Somebody told me I'm so good. <laughs> yeah. We're not shedding on them, okay? Yeah, but no, no. We're just it's, letting you know why we think. The quality of bakery is so low, you know, and I, we think that it's just that, you know, compared to given the short history, uh, we still have we lack um, objectively uh, all those very historical, uh, you know, bakery institutions yeah. like in Europe, France, for example, yeah. I mean, hundreds of years. Right. I don't yeah. know how old they are, but I'm just assuming very old. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we've been using cereal for thousands I wouldn't say thousands close to thousand years right cereal Um, yeah for a long time so yeah uh, we just we don't have simply any history of it yeah they've Um, cultivated also the grains right so (sighs) yeah that that for sure I mean we've heard that so many times I I think it is true but I don't know if there's any scientific uh, proof which I don't think is any meaningful anyway but you know the um, flour uh, in America, is has been genetically modified so many times that it has um, more negative effects on uh, health than European flour. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, you I know, mean, we'd have the, to look, but... Yeah, one of the arguments they make is that, see, like, French, they eat bakeries, you know, f- pastries every day, but they're not fat, as yeah. fat as American. Or, you know, it's Italy, right? I mean, they eat pasta pretty often but they don't they're not fat as as fat as americans i I don't know maybe there's some arguments there yeah i mean there's probably a lot to do with like the genetics lifestyles the walking right so if if your family's been eating that for thousands of years hundreds of years you probably have some like level of tolerance where Mm -hmm. in the u.s we see more and more that most people have a gluten allergy right so a lot of these flowers do have gluten yeah. So you can't digest it. Your body can't make use of it. Are you, are you saying the glutens are bad? No. <laughs> For some people, <laughs> I'm they just are. Kidding. <laughs> you listen here right now, young man. I'm about to <laughs> hey, take, I'm about to take this goddamn belt off <laughs> and beat you on this podcast. 
<laughs> Patreon member only podcast. Your young punk <laughs> attitude, by the way, won't fly here. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of gluten-free, can you actually, have you seen any gluten-free bread here? I have not. No. And, and, and he pushes it all right in no, there's some fucking <laughs> translations. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything um, to it. Yeah, that's one, I guess, another difficulty that um, we're having in Thailand is that a lot of times we don't know, um, like, what's in it. <laughs> Dude, I mean, every meal we have, it's like, who knows how much sugar or fucking anything's in this. <laughs> we're like, just why are we gaining weight we barely eat the mills are so small and they're yeah. like oh it's all sugar okay <laughs> we precisely measure with our tongue <laughs> probably 20 grams <laughs> yeah about 20. I mean, we're pretty sensitive to sugar because we don't really uh eat sugar every day um it's an occasional thing so anyway um so we we've talked about enough of coffee i think and i don't know did, did, did we cover everything um yeah, I think for the most part, for the yeah. the origin story. And our personal stories, uh, obviously. Yeah. And like we talked about, we're going to do more. Uh-huh. We're excited to do more with yeah, the coffee Yeah, so let's talk about our coffee, actually, because, uh, again, our current coffee is uh, sort of our, you know, way of testing the water, right? Yeah. 100% Arabica. Yeah, Arabica. Arabica. Medium dark roast. It's very high-quality coffee, guys. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we um, we selected it. You know, um, after, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, after trying a lot of different things, we um, that's that's what we selected. We, um, you know, it's a good quality coffee, man. Um, yeah, and we were planning to actually expand our um, operation <laughs> on coffee in the future. So, mm-hmm. uh, if if you have tried it, um, please let us know. Some, yeah, some leave comments. us some feed- yeah. feedback. We've heard. If you have heard, the smell is exceptional. Yes. Tastes a little bit too bitter for some people. And Mm -hmm. again, I think I would agree with that. It was a, you know, a darker roast, but the next batch we're going to have a little more experimentation in the cupping process and Mm -hmm. all that. So your feedback means a lot to us for next coffee. Uh, But if you haven't tried it yet, I should, the coffee is on Amazon. Uh, It is. The Fear of Living. Um, So you can find it it's a $20 back right $20 for 12 ounces okay and again I mean at the price point it's mm-hmm. you know you can't buy ethical coffee cheap. Yeah. if you're buying cheap coffee it's mm-hmm. probably not ethical right and you know we want the next production batch again like we talked about mm-hmm. to be with a farmer we know you know know the ins and outs more efficiently mm-hmm. and a more robust process yeah yeah, I think uh, this this is it for yeah, this I w- week's episode. But yeah. we wanted to give a shout-out to all our Patreon members, call you out by name. Yeah, 100%. So we're going to call you out by your username, so it might be a little bit embarrassing for yeah. you, <laughs> depending on who you are. Yeah. So first out, Lee. Fucking my man. Yeah. My boy. My Lee. boy. Lee, Lee Ho. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for your Patreon subscription and membership. We appreciate it. Cass Marie. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. GG1210. Good game, 1210. I don't know who you are, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Rebecca Odell. Again, I don't know who you are. I have a friend, Rebecca, but her last You're name not is sure. not Odell. So All right. thank you, Rebecca. Sins Wolf. 
that's i don't know who that is either (laughs) thank you sins wolf john milton i know who that is Mm -hmm. i think you know who that is too thank you john thank you and then lafayette oh my god i signed myself up for the patreon (laughs) thank you i'm back yeah Um, losing money on that one (laughs) 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 that was the test subscription so he was our first subscriber right um you know, this is, again, the first week, the first episode we actually um, do with new structures, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, not so different, but um, we're going to continue uh, thank individual patrons um, as long as we can, you know. I don't know. My, I, I wouldn't say thousand is realistic to do. You know, that's going to take us like <laughs> That'll be the hours. whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we Name thank calling. the Patreon members. <laughs> but um, we like to do it as long as we can. Uh, thank you for your support always. Um, and, you know, your feedback yeah. is probably one of the most important things to make the show. Our, I don't want to call the show, actually, our podcast more uh, valuable to you. Yeah. So let us know. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up the road. We'll have to announce, yeah. you know, later. Yeah. Studio, maybe a location, more permanent yeah. type thing. Right. For the, the works. Yeah. yeah. And then also check out and leave a comment on the new intro video you made. Oh, yeah. Stoked about the music and the yeah. style. So Love God, it. I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. Um, so if it sucks, tell them. But if it's good, <laughs> compliment me. Because <laughs> your COVID is bad. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Thank you. I think that Thank wraps you guys. Up. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you later.